lowering rates, excessive discounting, challenging negotiations. Welcome to the Sales Readiness Podcast, a podcast brought to you by the Sales Readiness Group. We're an industry-leading sales training company that helps businesses develop highly effective sales organizations. This podcast is about one question, how to transform your team into big performers. If you want the answer, keep listening. If you want it faster, visit salesreadinessgroup.com slash podcast. This is your host, Alonso, and I'm here with Norman Beaker. How are you, Norman? I'm doing great. How are you, Alonso? I'm doing fantastic. For, for, for the ones listening to this right now and don't know about you, Norman, I just wanted to let everyone know you're one of the managing directors at the Sales Readiness Group, and you have over 25 years of experience as a CEO and senior sales leader, which is why I'm really excited to talk about this topic today. Norman, right now, sales leaders and their teams are facing the challenges of today's economic climate. The economy is changing from rising rates and inflation to, to companies being more careful with their spending. So to, to succeed in these times, sales leaders are looking to find creative and practical strategies to create, to increase sales without adding headcount, which is why we're here today. Uh, Norman, you've been through recessions before. What are some of the biggest obstacles that sales leaders face during an economic downturn? And what are some of the key strategies you would recommend to sales leaders looking to increase sales without adding headcount? Okay, so I think the issue of the recession is something where we're, we're likely to enter into a recession. That's what most economists are predicting. We've been through recessions before. And I think when you see a recession like this recession with uh, rising interest rates and inflation, companies are being cautious. They're asking their teams to do more with less. And the economic reality is that many of our customers may actually be buying less in the future. So we're seeing companies being very cautious with their spending. We're seeing certain companies that are not, may have put hiring freezes in place, and even some companies that have started to announce layoffs. So we're in an economic reality where companies are being cautious and sales leaders are being asked to do more with less. The one thing I would share is that all recessions come to an end and that sales, sales leaders and their teams need to be really focused on priorities because if you're going to do more with less. You have to be really efficient with your time and really focus on those activities and those areas that are going to be most important and most productive. Because even in this economy, many sales teams are being asked to do more to actually increase sales in what might prove to be a very difficult economy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's definitely what we're, we're seeing today. Now, as we move to the to some of the, the strategies. Mm -hmm. that you would recommend as we are facing all these different variables right now? What, what, what's, what's the point mind high level yeah. that well, we, we should cover? Sure. When we think about simplifying, I would get to really three areas. One is really focus first on your current customers. The customers that you already have relationships with are likely to be your best customers in terms of growth potential. But you also want to expand into new customers. That's a little bit more challenging with less resources. So you really need to target accounts that fit your ideal profile. And then the third area I'd add is to really focus on qualifying your opportunities. So just to recap, I'd say there's three areas, Alonzo. One is focus on your current customers. Number two, focus on target customers that fit your ideal client profile. And number three, to really make sure you're qualifying opportunities and managing your pipeline as you go through uh, the sales cycles. Yeah, well, let's, let's talk a little bit about starting with your existing customers. Mm -hmm. What are some of the... 
the 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 things that you recommend that, that you recommend that perhaps some people may often miss while while they're looking into expanding their business with existing customers. So I think the first um, challenge is that sometimes sales professionals think, hey, I have this, this is one of my accounts. But when I actually dig deeper on that, I talk to sales leaders and I talk to uh, you know sales professionals, it turns out we typically only have a portion of the business that's available within an account. Maybe we have certain relationships, maybe within a division. So the question is, how do I go about mapping that account determining other people that I could reach into, maybe getting a customer coach who can provide me with referrals. But likely we could go back to those accounts with new offerings. We could also um, potentially sell into other divisions. So I think because we have existing relationships, we often kind of just kind of check the box. This is our account. But usually there's significant growth potential within those existing accounts. And we should really start mapping those accounts and saying, what additional products or services could we sell into those accounts? Or what areas in those accounts are we not currently doing business with that we could do business with? Mm -hmm. What would you say are some of the influencing factors or the reasons why sales professionals may not be doing this enough, you know, working I with their existing that, customers? I think What's it may become a little bit of a um, complacency. We're doing business with XYZ account. I have a good relationship there. They may not have just simply done the work. And I think that quite often we're conditioned as sales professionals to be going after new business. And I think everyone says, let's get new logos. Let's get new opportunities in the pipeline, mm. which I think we'll talk about next. But what I would say first is in an area where we're doing more with less, the best mm -hmm. potential is really with your existing customers and saying, what are my growth strategies? So that would be kind of foundational. Let's look at our existing customer base. Not all of them will have room for growth. But let's identify those where there is growth potential and really start developing what I would call an account management strategy that leads to growth within those accounts. So the, the call to action here would be to, to put a plan in place to look into the most uh, the, the, the accounts that have the biggest likelihood that, we, that, you, could be, that could, you could expand and put a plan in place to, to do something about it, right? Yeah, I would look at putting a plan in place to really capitalize on the growth potential. So these would be your typically your larger customers, and mm -hmm. that plan might start with an account mapping. What, you know, Either thinking about what other offerings may, that we have may make sense to this customer, which could be even your, to your existing relationships, or more likely, what other areas within the account, other divisions, other department heads, would we be likely to be able to have a really good fit with if we actually had the relationships? Mm -hmm. I love it. If you're looking to turn this this episode into works, this is something you should be writing down and put into place. Uh, okay, now, Norman, uh, the, the second thing that you mentioned is, you know, tar targeting accounts that fit your ideal client profile. This seems to be something that in my world, you should be already doing. So what else can you do if you're not doing it yet? Like, what do you think people missed the 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 bar here when trying to I find the, the ideal account. People miss is that we sometimes have a tendency to be very opportunistic and focus on kind of what what is easiest to go after. But what I think when we think about the target accounts, we're really thinking about if we're looking at growing our overall sales number, we have to really focus on accounts that are in the right industries. Do we have the right level of contact within those accounts? Do we have success we can share? Because in a recession, the business need, which I'll talk about in just a minute, is going to become really pronounced. If there isn't really great solution alignment, we're not going to move it forward. 
If you're focusing on the right target accounts, right industry, right persona, right solution, you then have an opportunity to help them build a business case and to really focus on opportunities that can close. And I think that it's not that we're not doing this outside of recession. I just think within a recession in a tough economy, we have to become a little bit tighter in terms of what is our lens for the ideal client profile. Again, the question you posed is really, what can we do differently when we're doing more with less? And I think that really focuses on narrowing the lens on specific industries, accounts, personas, where we have the highest likelihood of success. As part of that target account strategy, I'd also say in a recession, not every industry is necessarily doing as poorly. For example, I was just looking at a jobs report and there was a very aggressive hiring in the hospitality industry. So if someone's going after airlines or hotels, we could also focus on target accounts where the industries are actually doing relatively well. And those accounts are likely to have greater budgets because those companies are doing well. So an economy, a recession doesn't mean that all companies are doing uh, not as well as they did. It usually targets certain areas of the economy more than others. I think, you know, some uh, areas of the economy are very resilient. If you think about pharmaceuticals, you think about medical equipment, you think about hospitality, those are all probably very lucrative areas, but only if you have a solution that aligns with their needs. No, that makes sense. So it, it, it sounds like there is a big need to do prioritization when it comes to all these opportunities that come your way. And the, the best way to do that is to, to, to know who your ideal client profile is and avoid some of what could be a distraction because some of the things that come in your way may be easy because, I don't know, maybe somebody filled a form, but they're just not truly the best account for you to work with. Is that is that something that you're referring to? That is. But I think, you know, if you have something where someone's filled out a form and they have interest, it would really get to the third area that I said, which is really to qualify the opportunity. So if you have something that's coming at you and it looks like it's a really nice opportunity and they filled out a form, obviously they're probably further down in the sales funnel. So it's not that you should avoid that. I mean, obviously we want to be very opportunistic with inbound opportunities, but this third area of qualification is going to become super important. Mm-hmm. Now let's, let's, let's make this an action item. Okay. So you, you're not narrowing the lens of who you're mm-hmm. working with. You know exactly who your ideal client profile is. So you're being more careful about who you talk to and mm-hmm. how much you spend you, you, how much time you spend with each of these accounts. Now with this new extra time that you have, because now mm-hmm. you're working with less accounts, what would you expect the sales professional to do extra? I would say really focus on qualification. The third area here of qualification is really important. Mm-hmm. We're probably all familiar with the term BANT for those who aren't stands for budget, authority, need, and timing. Mm-hmm. And I think the most important of those is actually the need. I know some people would say it's the budget or the authority. But the first thing is making sure we really can articulate the business need, asking questions so that we understand what the customer's problem is or the area they uh, want to improve in, and making sure we have a good solution that aligns. In a difficult economy, if the solution isn't really a great answer, you're probably going to churn a lot of time working on an opportunity that may not close. So I'd say first start with the qualification around business need. Does the solution you're offering address a customer's business need and do they agree that it's a good solution? So I think qualifying earlier, when I think about where sales professionals churn a lot of their time, it's really working on opportunities where there isn't a great solution alignment. So the first thing is really, is there a great business need? Then you want to qualify around, hey, is this something that you guys have budgeted for this year? Is it a priority? If you were going to go forward with this type of opportunity, would you be involved in the decision-making process? Who else in addition to yourself to really figure out what is the 
process to closing, hey, how soon do you think you'd want to have this in place? So I think, first of all, making sure you have a really good solution alignment to make sure you can address the need or the problem, and then starting to navigate around, okay, is there a budget? Am I talking to the right person? Are there other people who need to be involved in the decision-making process? Is there something they're going to do? And I know from my own experience, a lot of inbound leads are very much exploratory in nature, and we want to make sure we get beyond exploratory to, is this an opportunity that we should be working on? And I think that a lot of salespeople end up spending a lot of time because they're excited about the opportunity without really full qualification. And so we, we spend a lot of time on what I would call stalled opportunities. And as part of this, I think it's also really important to make sure you're reviewing your pipeline very carefully in terms of velocity and next steps. If there's an opportunity that's been in your pipeline for a while, is there a clear next step? And I think that we often just kind of end up with these bloated pipelines. It's kind of natural. A bloated pipeline will be very misleading, particularly in a recession, because many opportunities will probably not close. Eventually, they get moved to nurture or to closed loss. And we want to make sure we're using our time super effectively. So what should we do with that extra time? Your, your question, I think we should really focus on qualification. And if there's not enough in the opportunities in the pipeline, that takes us back to the target accounts or maybe even reexamining our current accounts. Got it. No, fantastic. Um, okay, Norman, that's, that's it. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I think this is very practical advice. Anything else that you would like to say uh, around, around this? this yeah, strategy? I would just say this, that first of all, it's unclear whether we're actually headed into a recession. I, I tend to believe that we are. And I would just tell all sales leaders, focus on what you can control. And remember that all recessions come to an end. So really stay optimistic. You want to be a great motivator, cheerleader, manager, and coach in this difficult environment. Thank you, Alonso. Thank you, Norman. The market is changing, making sales skills more important than ever before. How to transform your team into big performers? If you want the answer, plus free resources for podcast listeners, visit salesreadinessgroup.com slash podcast. <laughs>